Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So I'm listening to a podcast about axolotls, right? About what? Axolotls. What are axolotls? Okay, you've seen them. They're salamanders, but they're kind of pinkish, and then they're like it looks like they've got like, like their their little tentacles come out of their head in like goofy ways, and they've got really cute little tiny so smiles. So why aren't they called octopus salamanders? Um, because if you say that something is like them, you can say it's axolotly. <laughs> you just is so much more fun. You just wanted to say axolotly, didn't I you? I really did. <laughs> it's actually the whole reason I'm mentioning this. But no, it was mentioned because. They only live in one particular area uh, right outside of Mexico City, which was not good planning on their part because they're going extinct. But they can exist really, really well uh, if you put them in labs or if people own them in their homes. So there's like practically a different breed of axolotls out there. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is that the conversation on this podcast turned to you know, this whole theory of like bringing back extinct animals, like people want to bring back the mammoth and people want to bring back, you know, this or that or the other. And they mentioned the passenger pigeon. And I am very in favor of this. Do you know why? Why? They're apparently delicious. Ew. And I want to eat them. Ew. But I can't eat them, Kate, if they're Is not that back. you wanted to eat, like you wanted to eat the reindeer's antlers. I actually also want to eat it- the mammoths. I'm not going to lie. <sighs> The mammoths could be delicious. Is it just that you come over here hungry? Is that it? Do you want a snack? I'm not going to say You're no. You're so skinny. Do you want me? You need food. What do you want? I want, obviously, I want passenger pigeon and mammoth. Do you have that, Kate? Do you have that? No. No, we're on a No, diet. you don't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because normally they'd just be overflowing from your It's not a Whole30 compliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true. True fact. And uh, you know what else isn't Whole30 compliant, Kate? This, this podcast. podcast. Yeah, That's right. yeah. Yeah. I knew that was going to be your segue. That was so sweet. It was so smooth, like butter. Uh Uh-huh. Butter, baby. And uh, yeah, what's the name of this podcast? Fuse 8 and Kate. And who are you? I'm Kate. And I'm Betsy Bird, (laughs) otherwise known as Fuse 8. And what do we do on this here podcast here? I don't know. We talk about (laughs) picture books, obviously. We do? I mean, what else would my entire conversation about eating passenger pigeons even mean? With the book that you're presenting today involve passenger pigeons? No. Or it, woolly mammoths? It does not in any way, shape, or form. Does um, it have a mohawk? So as it turns out, um, the cry went out to the masses, where is there a picture book with a mohawk? And a, a woman who, who does not live that far from us by the name of Libby Hoff uh, suggested today's book. Not only did she suggest the book, but when I discovered... To my shock, shame, and horror that my library did not have this book, she today, after work, dropped it off her own copy, Kate, her own copy, at my library just so we could do the book today. Wow. That's the good part. The bad part is she was completely within her rights thinking that there was a mohawk in this book. I am not convinced that there is, but a mohawk would fit in perfectly in this book. I'll say this much. There should be a mohawk in this book if there isn't one. And I'm half convinced there might be one, but I haven't read it very closely in a long time. Okay. Okay. And on that note, 
I'm gonna barrel out the book. Here we go. Let's get a pup, said Kate. By Bob Graham. Yes! You're a Kate with a pup. I am. This is a book about a Kate with a pup. I believe I've said those exact words to the penguinologist. Let's get a pup. And then we did. And said Kate. There. So <laughs> this already, you you have something in common with this book. Wait, uh, is that a kid with a tattoo? No, that's the mom. The mom has the tattoo. Oh, that's, that's a the mom. mom. And that's the dad. And that's the kid. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Take that book and figure out who has tattoos. Okay. Excellent. While Kate does her read, let's talk a little bit about Bob Graham. Good old Bob Graham. You know Bob Graham. You don't know Bob Graham? You should know Bob Graham. The reason you may not know Bob Graham is that he is boom, 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 Australian, which is why he can't win Caldecott's in America. You know what he can win, my friend? He can win Kate Greenaway medals in England. Yeah. Because they don't have the hang-up of nationalities the way that we do. So, way, 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 way back in 2002, I, I guess it was 20 years ago now that I think about it, uh, he actually did win a Kate Greenaway medal, my friend, medal, for his picture book, Jethro Bird, Fairy Child. Very much appreciate Jethro's last name there. And uh, he won 5,000 pounds which he proceeded to give to refugees because he's just that wonderful. Uh, That is not the only honor. He's had many, many honors over the years, including being the Australian nominee for the biannual International Hans Christian Andersen Medal in 2012. Actually, these days he lives in the UK. Uh, He actually, apparently works on a monthly comic strip for a French magazine, Les Belles Histoires. Uh, If anyone can find a a copy of that strip, please send it to me. In fact, I will try to find it on my own and put it in the show notes if I am able to. And best of all, let's get a pup set Kate won the 2002 Boston Globe Hornbook Award for Picture Book because it's just that good. Oh, I've given away the plot, haven't I? you're back hello good day i i forgot to tell you bob graham is a uh, australian oh so we need to read the title in a properly aussie fashion uh you do that uh put another shrimp on the barbie said kate i believe that's 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 not the title what let's get a pup said kate. i see if i do it it's, i end up like saying british like, i no. i send a no it doesn't it's not <laughs> british it's uh, it's Dick Van Dyke, Van Dyke trying to do British and failing. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Yeah. It's several degrees removed from any actual accent that exists. This is weird though, because I feel like this is the first time you've given me a book that immediately starts the story. You flip the page and then, oh, look, it's the title page. So this like... That's like before the credit sequence. You 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 saw a little something yeah. before that. Yeah, that is unusual. I would say. Yeah. Well, it, I, it's it's set up that way because it's explaining that, uh, you know, the family. It's it's a mother and father and a daughter, and uh, the, they had a cat that died last winter, Aww. and now it's the summertime, and Kate's. Um, Kate's the daughter, and when she's in bed, her feet get cold because the cat isn't there to sleep on her bed anymore mm-hmm. so then she jumps out of bed and says turn the page ah, title page look at that, look at that. let's get a pup let's get a pup said kate so, you know i did not hear this ever was turned into a musical but it would adapt very well into a musical it would you could easily sing let's get a pup said oh kate. yeah and, pe- and like kids could play the different dogs absolutely it yeah. just it writes itself 
Well, she runs into her parents' bedroom, at which point you see both the parents are in the bed mm-hmm. and uh, and Kate's like jumping on the bed. Mm-hmm. But in this bedroom, there's a couple things I noticed that I really like. Number one, there's a portrait of mom, dad, and baby Kate like hanging on the wall. Sure. They're not smiling. <laughs> They're all just looking at each other, which I feel is more accurate. Yeah, no, that's, a nice, a, that's a nice jolt of reality right? in the midst of picture book Don't uh, you just kind of look at each other and go, well, that's a baby. We have a baby now. the baby's now. going, yep. Those are people. <laughs> yep. And we're here now. But yeah. another thing I liked was that um, the father doesn't have or he doesn't actually use his whatever dresser nightstand. Yeah. He uses a chair next to the bed, which is, I feel like, very That's accurate. so realistic. Yeah. He doesn't use a nightstand. He uses a chair. Well, the, the nightstand is just a little too far away. He could push it closer, but I think he has a reason for putting the chair there. I don't know why the chair is there, but I like so much. And, like, the pillow on the bed has fallen onto the chair partly. Yeah. Yeah. That is shockingly realistic. So she, the daughter, jumps on the bed and says, let's get a pup. And they go into the kitchen and they bust out their news, local newspaper and they see an ad. So this, is, this does take place in the past. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and there's something that says uh, the rescue center, the center for dogs without a home, the center for dogs all alone. <gasps> <laughs> Yeah, so, but I will say, even though that's really depressing as it a tagline. Um, <laughs> hey, it gets people in. Who wouldn't run well, over there? I like that they're looking to get a dog from a rescue place yeah. and not a dog from a pet shop breeder. or a breeder. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like a pet shop would be like, the cute thing for a kid's book to do is let's go to the pet shop. Oh, look, there's one in the window. Exactly. I, I don't know much about this family, but this strikes me as... A family that does not care if the breed is proper. Right. That's, that's not the vibe I'm getting from the them. The vibe I also get is that they are not rich. Which, yeah, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I also appreciate. They seem like just totally like... Normal, down to earth. Middle class to lower middle class. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Which I also like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets kind of weird. Ooh. So th- even before eating their breakfast, they immediately get dressed and jump in the car, at mm-hmm. which point you're taken to the rescue center, mm-hmm. and it gets rhymy. Grimy? No, rhymy. Oh, rhymy. It goes from not being <laughs> It also a- gets a little grimy, to be fair. Well, it, it goes grimy from not rhymy. being a rhyming book uh. to they found big dogs, small dogs, Sniffers and sleepers, wired haired, short hair, scratchers and leapers. They found fighters and biters, growlers and snars, short dogs, long dogs and thin, and dogs with their cheeks sucked in. It was a little weird. That, that last one. scan there, but well, yeah, all right, we'll yeah, let it go, so yeah. it's like, wait, what, we're See, rhyming. This is just now? backing up my my theory that this is just a musical that has somehow found itself as a picture book instead, but clearly should find its way back to becoming a musical, I think. I mean, we're looking at maybe like 20 dogs between these two pages. Which yeah, it's is, a lot of dogs. Which, if again, musical, you dress kids yeah. up as dogs, bada boom, bada bing. Yeah, you go. So they are looking at all these dogs, and then they come across one that they call Dave. Now, at this Dave point... Dave is a great name for a dog, by the way. It is. <laughs> Two thumbs up on that naming. But at this point, I'm noticing a few things. Number one, mom is wearing uh, cargo pants, flip-flops... Birkenstocks, baby. Those are Burks. Uh, Those are Burks. I from here, the thickness it's, of the strap. There's only one, though. Yeah. Usually Birkenstocks have two. That's true. They do usually have two. That's true. Uh, okay, then they're rip-off Burks. 
Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But she's also got a tattoo and mm-hmm. a nose ring. Mm-hmm. Dad's wearing a t-shirt with a lit match. Yes. And he's also kind of got hair that's, he's white, but it's kind of dread-like. Yeah. And then we get to something that I can't quite figure out, and, I, and I've noticed it on every page with the dad, is right. that he has this weird mark underneath his ear. Huh. And I was at first I was like, oh, maybe it's like sideburns. But no, it's... I don't know if it's a birthmark, but it's huh? very, and there's but no it's explanation. Consistent. All right, it's just there. It's sometimes just... kids, your dad has a weird mark on his body, and nobody can explain it. Yeah, but I do like you know, mom looks cool. But right, mom sorry, is cool. they got distracted. They meet Dave. Dave yeah. is this little tiny, cute little black and white dog who's super bouncy and you know, mm-hmm. your typical pup. Yeah. That's a pup. She wanted a pup. That's a pup. Kate specifically said... Story's done, said, folks. Well, it's all gone. Well, hold on. Kate oh. specifically said she wanted a small dog, which I think is discriminatory because there are plenty <laughs> of nice big dogs out there. Yeah, but you know, you walk in with like, you have this set of expectations before you even see the dog. Like, oh, I want a small dog. And then you, you, you might find those expectations challenged yeah. when you confront the facts. Well, no, they found their little small dog. All right. But then... As the dog is like bouncing around Kate, I notice she's wearing a belt. She's got to be what, like five, and a and, belt. And the kid is okay. I don't, now I don't I have will kids. Say this. My daughter did go through a belt phase where what? she would wear belts constantly at five. Yeah, really. Well, they didn't tend to be normal belts. They tended to be like super sparkly, colorful ones. No, but this yeah, is a no, she was like, belt. and she wore them with dresses, not with pants. But it's entirely possible that she's into belts i think that these were pants that were hand-me-downs oh totally. because and so yes. the belt to keep it on and yes. also the bottoms of the pants are the cuffs rolled up are all rolled up yep mm-hmm. so yeah you, think, you've hit the nail on the head yeah it's just were... to keep her pants up man yeah yeah but i thought that was an interesting that is detail. a very interesting t- there is so much backstory to this book just in the art yeah. yeah well they spend two minutes with this dog and they're like yep we want him all I'm right like, check the box nope Okay, no, no. When you go to adopt a dog, you need to spend more than two minutes with the dog. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just wondering if it's different in Australia than it is here. Uh, Maybe. And then as they're leaving, they see this big dog named named Rosie. And she's old and gray and big and difficult to get on her feet. But like very well-mannered. And I'm thinking... And you, because she says, "Well, what can we do?" I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna take her with." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna take both of them. Okay, mm-hmm. so I flip the page, oh. and, and with a backwards glance, they're walking away from Rosie, who looks so no. sad yeah, now. Yeah, she just you just broke. And I'm a like, okay, they're heart. they're gonna change their mind and mm-hmm. they're gonna go get her. Mm-hmm. And uh, nope, they're they're home now. I, I, this I'm, is home. I'm screaming at the book now. They didn't take her. They, I, I didn't even want to keep reading at this point. I'm like, these people are idiots. How could they not take? Come on. Ugh. Oh, yeah, they didn't ugh. take her. They didn't take her. They didn't no, her they instead they're having went home. They're having problems with this Dave because yeah, Dave's like got a whole bunch of stuff. He's like there. a tornado. He's mm-hmm. like pulling on things and bringing. You know, well, he up. seems young. He seems like a puppy. Who knows? Yeah, who knows how like young he was when he was taken from his mother, and he might have some issues with that. And, so they, yeah. the next morning, the mom and dad uh, are, you know, Kate saying she couldn't sleep well last night, and mom and dad were saying we couldn't sleep well either. 
I was wishing, <laughs> I was wishing. And I was like, you were wishing that you weren't an idiot and you got the dog in the first place? Is that what you were wishing? Because that's what I was wishing. Uh-huh. So they all immediately get dressed and run straight to the car and uh, they don't even eat breakfast. And uh, you can see here, though, that mom does have a nightstand. So Which she uses. Which she uses. <laughs> because it's still kind of far from the side of the bed. I don't know why they have this, like, gap between the bed and the nightstand it's very bizarre i don't know i disagree with the choices so, so they go back to the rescue center dad's right. acquired an amazing hat somewhere he's got a hat and, I love uh, hat and it says rosie was waiting for them which i'm glad this wasn't a kill shelter because they easily <laughs> could have gone back and been told Dog's like dead, rosie is yeah. no longer with us you you were too or they also transfer dogs from one shelter to another so yeah. Again, you they're can't very... count. You can't count on the dog to be there. They, but well, at least like a week didn't Rosie. go by or something. It's like literally the next day. The next so the day. chances are a little better. Yeah. yeah. So they they go back. They get Rosie, and immediately you know the dog is at home, which is so nice. They they give the Rosie a bath. Well, they give Dave a bath too, but he's Good. so much smaller. But this is what's kind of weird okay. is that next to their bathtub, uh-huh. there is this contraption on the wall that looks like an old school telephone. Yeah, it does. With like the phone receiver is like a, a shower head huh. that you can, with a hose. But I'm thinking, what's the purpose of, is there just not to a be... faucet connected to the wall? Because there's no shower there's curtain. There's no shower head. And you can't yeah. use that as a shower or you get water everywhere. Correct. You would be like, you would have to sit down in the tub and spray your own head while sitting down. Yeah. Yes. It's very odd. To, can I confess that when you said there was a weird device in the bathtub, my first thought was bidet. <laughs> in the bathtub? If that's a bidet, it's a very interesting one. Where's the toilet? It's nowhere near it, right? Uh, no. Then we're safe. <laughs> That'd be a really weird bidet. It'd be a really peculiar you have one, to put but your who butt knows what they do in Australia? You have to put your butt up against the wall, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then your, your head in the tub. Exactly. <laughs> There's a visual it's for you. That's how we do it. <laughs> so, I can go back to the States. So now they're all in the living room, and, uh, and then this is another weird illustration thing that caught my eye. Mm. Earlier, the dad was had a shirt on that had a lit match That's on it. That's correct, yes. Now, in this illustration, the mom is wearing a shirt with a cigarette crossed out. Ah! So, what does that mean? Okay, can I tell you something about this book? Okay. So, it has been challenged in America by people who did not realize that he was wearing a lit match, who thought that was a cigarette. And they're like, this book is promoting cigarette smoking with this image of the lit cigarette on the man's shirt. And people were like, well, that's a match. And then the mom is wearing an anti-cigarette shirt. Yeah. Now, I almost wonder if that was added later, but I don't think it was. I think this is a, a, an early edition of it. So, hmm. hmm. But one thing I noticed was that there's an illustration of, like, Kate taking the dogs out um, to pee. Mm-hmm. And Rosie is definitely peeing on the grass. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't. Your grass is going to be ruined. Well, remember, this is their first dog. They just don't know, man. They just don't know. It's true. I, didn't your dog pee on the grass at the yeah, beginning? Cause yeah, because we didn't know. Because you didn't know. See, yeah. they had a cat before. They don't know. Well, they'll, they'll know now when oh, they yeah, see the they burn will. marks in the grass. Yep. Sorry, guys. But, right. So, they, so Kate gets to sleep with both the dogs in her bed. And then, and then an, un, just a weird last Coda. line. A Coda. 
Um, well, it says, well, Kate's feet are no longer lonely under the blankets. Oh. FYI, her feet are not under the Anywhere blankets at all. Blankets at all yeah. um, but then mm. the last line is, their weight is comfortable and reliable and will stop Kate's bed from floating away into the night. Oh, you found that too, airy fairy. What the dreamy. heck is going on? What is that about? I don't what know. What is man. that ending about? He gets a little. With his words of that, you know, yeah, it's just that's like that's come on, you, for you. you could have ended it with the line before it, which was, "It seems like Dave and Rosie have always been there." Isn't that a better line? Yeah, than it's not very poetic. From, I mean, it's, it's pretty literal. Floating away into the night. That's Kate, okay, ladies and gentlemen. She likes him literal. <laughs> everything, book should not everything in this book has been metaphor. literal until the very last well, you line. You can put a little. Well, metaphor and then there was that random rhyming part. <laughs> this book the is. The random rhyming part is a little bit bizarre, yeah. but. But I can allow it because I believe this is a musical at its heart. It okay. really wants to be. And that's it. That's the end. Excellent. Well, I should say that. Uh, yeah, the only thing I really had to mention, um, aside from the fact that this won a Boston Globe Hornbook Award back in the day, because it couldn't win a Caldecott because it's not American. And then, yeah, the only time it really came up in American news was the challenge to the book because the dad was wearing a cigarette on his shirt, which he was not. Right. So that's not, there's not much of a story there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ratings time. Well, I like that this book promotes adopt don't shop yeah that's that's mm-hmm. big because i feel like kids books back in the day would always do the pet shop thing mm-hmm. and we need more like pets from rescue centers being sure. adopted mm-hmm. um i like the cool mom like i, I like her tat and her mm-hmm. nose piercing i like that they aren't rich i love rosie i really don't like that kate discriminated against big dogs from the start well and I, she so, learned now didn't she well i'm glad they got yeah. rosie she's See, the rosie's the best book you learn the the illustrations are fine mm-hmm. uh the titles okay even though it has my name i don't think i'll remember it be- if it was something really? like big dog little dog i would remember <laughs> something more like that i'm not gonna really? big dog little dog so generic let's get a pup said kate that's original you don't hear that title very often yeah again you literally i had, just glanced at it just i had to look at the title to make sure yeah. that what you said was actually the title because i didn't remember Anyway, um, I gave it a 6.75. I think it has good bones, but I think there's room for improvement. Yeah. And unfortunately, the whole point of this was for it to have a mohawk, and there is no No, mohawk. No, no, there is no mohawk. You're absolutely right. Um, I wasn't sure if the mom had a mohawk. I remembered the mom's tattoo. I remembered her nose piercing. I couldn't remember her hair. Um, so when it was suggested that perhaps she might have a mohawk, I was willing to go along with it. Sadly, uh, this is not the case. If you, gentle listener, can think of a children's picture book where the mom does have a mohawk, and if that doesn't exist, then some of the illustrators listening might want to make such a book. Hint, 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 hint. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a mom. Just give me anyone with a mohawk in a kid's book. All right, all right. Chill. Representation, man. Seriously, right? <laughs> Because there's not the enough book, white like, women in books. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this is in many ways very heteronormative, you know, cisgender type book. But, oh, yeah. But it is nice to see a mom with a tat and a nose piercing. Tattoos have been showing up more and more in children's books recently since so many parents have them at this point. So there's, you know, cool. various picture books with them. I'll, I'll put a couple of them in the, in the show notes in case people are curious. I've always liked this book. Uh, I like the writing. I like, I love the art. I love his tone. 
tone is so hard to do in picture books, and I think this one just nails it. Uh, it's got a good message. Um, it's got just fun little details hidden throughout it. Uh, yeah, it rhymes weirdly. That's bizarre. I have no problem with the last line of the book. It's fine. He can get metaphorical with the last line. That's fine. Uh, I'm giving it a big old 7.2. So with our scores combined, it's over five. Definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. Nice. Go Australia! If I can remember the name. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. So, uh, letters time. Ooh. All right. So Libby Hoff, who, you know, lent us the book in the very first place. This is what she had to say about it uh, when she did, at first suggested. Uh, she said, Let's Get a Pup, Said Kate, by Bob Graham, 2001, comes awfully close to having characters with mohawks. They look like they might be mohawks that just don't have any hair product in them on this particular day. So that's an interesting point right there. Uh, I know that yours gets a little floppy sometimes. Yeah, but you can clearly see the other side of my head is shaved. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's like grown in a bit? Yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's, not, it's, it's, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. There are definitely nose rings, upper earrings, and tattoos. And the progression of the lit match cigarette on the t-shirts is great. And I'm sorry, uh, but are those birth control pills in mo- in mom's nightstand? Okay, are, I, I, I did not check myself. Are those birth control pills in mom's nightstand? Which I think it has to be in later in the book. It's just a bottle of pill. Oh, no, it could be. There's like... Pills that you would, like, pop out. One a day? Yeah, maybe. It could well be. I mean, it's not round, but... If so, it, it could also the be... the very first time I've seen birth control pills in a children's book, so... <sighs> I... I love the idea, so I'm just going to give it the benefit of the doubt on that one. And then she says, um, and how about that image of Dad pulling up his pants in front of the open door? So much to talk about in this book. I love their messy home filled with tchotchkes in this feel-good story. So, nice. Thank you, Libby. That was excellent grown-up things we like all right i'm gonna kick it old school oh boy okay because anything that i would do as my grown-up thing i've already promoted like uh queer eye is back on netflix which is amazing they have a really strong start this season Good. um i'm drinking a gallon of water every day which i've already done that for my grown-up thing in the past mm. so this time i'm kicking it to like 80s 90s i'm gonna give you a hint okay. are you ready sure hit me Oh, so mystery on PBS, specifically uh, Hercule Poirot starring yes. David Suchet. Yeah, I hear a I hear a saxophone in that yes. title a little bit there, and then like a like a like the Orient Express coming through. Yes, yes. you're you're, you're hearkening back to my youth. Yes, I've, I've I've introduced the penguinologist to Agatha Christie's Poirot because it's on, it's on YouTube. All episodes are on YouTube for awesome. free. So I showed him one episode and he got hooked. Yeah. So it originally had um, 70 episodes and it ran for 13 seasons. Yeah, dude. For anyone who's not familiar with Poirot, it's similar to Sherlock Holmes, but this guy is a Belgian detective. Um, and he travels the world solving crimes. And he's a perfect little mustache. Yes. Oh, his, he's very quirky. He always talks about the little gray cells in his head. And he is not played by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, no. no. Uh, so they're about an hour long. You can watch them for free on YouTube. 
just get ready for the super 80s theme song and the opening title sequence. The, the saxophone. Saxophone is my favorite part. Will get stuck in your head yeah. for weeks. Yeah, I yeah. know. Exactly. Well, that's an excellent suggestion. I, two thumbs up on that. Thank you. Uh, my suggestion is actually based in Rockford, Illinois. If any of you ever find yourself in Rockford, Illinois, and you uh, care to pass by the Rockford Art Museum, and, and you care to do this after Friday, February 9th, you will find an exhibit going on called the Laura and John Fraser Collection that has a direct tie to me. Uh, this is because we have helped out an artist by the name of Buzz Spector. So Buzz Spector... Uh, he's an artist. He he's a professor of art at Washington University in St. Louis. Um, he has done all sorts of crazy stuff, and he does art. And his art consists of taking books and just like making these huge installations out of books. Well, the man needed books, so we gave him literally three tons of books today uh, that we're going to be sent you somewhere literally else. gave no three, three tons. tons three tons we gave him huge pallets filled with these gigantic boxes and uh, my maintenance guy was like yeah these are like a ton each and wow. we gave him three and uh, he will be constructing them into some interesting configuration i'll, I'll include some uh, links to some of his previous works they're very cool to look at nice so yeah book art so after beginning of february in rockford illinois right where i'm sure there won't be any snow (laughs) oh not at all no and this will be up through may 28th so if you do wish to avoid the snow it'll be going on until then very cool yay well we will continue our search too for the mohawk i know we'll find it it's somewhere i'm just not thinking of it Uh, certainly plenty of contemporary picture books have people with mohawks but an older one is what makes this so challenging and so difficult so folks are free to put in their suggestions cool excellent and until people do come up with that hidden mohawk in a children's picture book i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our man with the little gray cells is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Burke.